0: All right. Well, how many of you love the Word tonight? I want to ask a question. How many have not gotten the little book that I wrote on First John, the notes from 1? How many have not gotten it? And where's Ron? Ron, 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 or Mike? I don't know where Ron went. Can we get the, the books on First John? There, there he comes. There he comes, a.k.a. Elvis. Elvis is not dead. He goes to church here. Amen. So hold your hand up if you have not gotten one. This is our blessing to you for being a part of Wednesday night. If you may, even a few times, we want you to have the notes. I told you, and there's more coming. And I told you that we would do this. And now we've got, we had a pastor today uh, contact us, and he wants these notes. And I know what he's going to do. He's going to teach them. And I want him to. I want him to. Uh, We worked hard on these. And we're about to have to get another batch made. Uh, because the couple of hundred we ordered are gone just about. So raise your hand if you need one. Praise God. Now, the reason I had these, or I put this together in a book, was first of all for you, because I told you that I would, and we had some requests. uh, And so we went ahead and just said, you know, I'm doing all these notes and transparencies. It might as well be a book. But then we also started offering them free over the air. And now they're going all over Dallas, Fort Worth, and we're appreciative of that. Had a Order from uh, Plano, Texas, today, uh, uh, saying, Send us one of those books to the Thornton family. So the whole family is following along with us on radio in 1 John. And so, what we are all about in our church is dispensing the Word of God. And we're blessing people all over the Metroplex. Amen? And that's what, if we'll do that, the water flows in, the water flows out, the blessing flows in, the blessing flows out. If you bless others it says he that waters will himself be watered all right let's stand together and we're gonna finish first John tonight and then next Wednesday what do we begin I wanna know if you've been listening hey Jude, Jude. don't we have some boomers singing it already we're gonna go through the book of Jude and I'm gonna tell you this is gonna be so rich and I'm gonna do the same thing with Jude that I have with first John we're going to get the notes all together, and we're going to uh, give them to you, and we're going to make a little booklet out of, first, out of Jude. Not not the gospel according to Judas, but the book of Jude, the real Bible. All right. So don't miss next Wednesday. It's going to be great. Now, the confidence we have in him, we're going to finish 1 John on a high note. We're going to be talking about prayer. So you ought to know 1 John five fourteen. I'm sure you've read it many times, but let's read it out together, out loud together now, can we? Now this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. I have a question for you. How many times is no mentioned in that verse? Twice right? And then you have confidence once. So do you sense that John is telling us there are some things in this walk with Jesus Christ that we ought to not think or hope so or maybe so or perhaps so, but we ought to know so. Now when it comes to prayer, John doesn't want us wondering if prayer works. He says we ought to know that it works. So since we know that God hears prayer, Let's lift it up to him right now. Father, we just thank you that because of Jesus, you hear us tonight. And we pray that you'll quicken your word to us. Lord, help us to have our faith increased in prayer. For Lord, we are supposed to be and are called to be a praying people, a praising people and a praying people. And so Lord, tonight, strengthen our faith in prayer and increase our prayer life because our faith has been increased in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them prayer works. I got to just tell on, I got to tell on two people that are here in our congregation tonight, you know that I have a little 350Z. It's my midlife car. It's, It's a sport car. And I've had it two years now. And all of you know about it because you saw it out there. And the first time I had it out there, people were literally walking around it, looking inside, gawking at it. And the teenagers are just, they have faith that one day I'm going to lose my mind and give it away <laughs> to one of them. But now, this couple said to me, today, we were driving down the highway and we saw a Silver Z go by at about 200 miles an hour. No very fast. And they said, we decided we were going to have some fun with you and we gave chase. And we were going to catch up to you and wave. And they caught up, did you catch up and wave? And it wasn't me. There's more than one silver Z out there. And if that ever happens to me, I'm going to wave back. You're speeding too. All right. Now, the word, Now notice what he says. This is the confidence. Now, this is the confidence that we have in who, everybody? This is the confidence we have in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. This is the confidence that we have in Him. That if we ask, petition Him, anything according to His will, He hears us. Now, the word confidence means free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage, boldness, and assurance. Now notice that John is not dealing with, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. Or a rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, amen. (laughs) He's not dealing with religious, ritualistic prayer. He's not doing that. He's saying, dear Christian friend, we have a bold, Cheerful, courageous assurance that when we approach Him in prayer, He hears us. I, Hebrews 4.16. Let's read this together. It's so powerful because the apostle in Hebrews 4.16 uh, really echoes John and tells us the way that we ought to be approaching God. So let's read it now. It let us therefore come boldly. Same Greek word translated confidence. It's the same word. Boldly is from the same Greek word that they translate confidence from. Same Greek word. Let us come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many of you needed mercy this week? How many of you needed grace? More of you needed grace than mercy. Grace, let's just look at him for a minute. He says, look, there's the throne of grace. We are believers redeemed by the blood of Jesus. So he says, we ought to be going to the throne of grace with boldness, with courage, with confidence, in search of and requesting two things mercy and grace. Now, grace is God giving you the the want to and the ability to do the will of God. Grace provides two things. It gives you the want to do, the will of God. And then once it gives you the want to do, the will of God, but you find it's difficult to do, grace gives you the ability to do the will of God. So do you remember when you were a believer how something was awakened in you where you wanted to walk in ways that please God? You wanted to walk in ways that please God. See, that's one of the earmarks of a child of God. Before you were saved, righteousness was no issue because you were living in sin and, and there was no desire to please the true and the living God. But once you look up and you say, Abba, Father, Daddy and He's your Father, He puts in you a new nature. And that new nature has a desire. And the desire is to please God. Now, it is God who works in you, Paul said, both to will, that's the want to do, and to do, that's the power to do, the will of God. See, every single day of our lives, God is working in our hearts as believers. He's working every day. And what's He doing? It is God who works in you both to will and to do the will of god both to will i want to do it and the power to do it and that's the operation of the holy spirit in our lives every single day weren't you aware of it today i was aware of it today i want i love feeling the smile of the heavenly father and it grieves me if i don't feel the smile of the heavenly father That's the earmark of a child of God. Somebody lost, it is not in their mind to please God. But somebody saved, wow, you know, if you grieve him, you grieve the Holy Spirit, it hurts you. Not that you got caught, but that you broke relationship with God. You broke fellowship. So John is telling us when you're a child of God, Something happens, and when you approach God, see, He's removed your sin, and He's removed the shame from sin. And so instead of cringing and cowering and ducking and dodging in His presence, instead there is a boldness that only the blood can give you. Only the blood of Jesus can take away the shame and the guilt of sin to the level that you can boldly go before the presence of God and ask for grace it's the throne of grace it must be dispensing grace so I need grace and why do we need grace we need grace to give us the desire to do the will of God and the power to do it that's why you go to him and ask for grace have you ever been dealing with something in the will of God you knew it was the will of God but you just didn't have a desire to do it that is you were struggling with it it became a war inside of you And he just had to go to God and say, you know, to be real honest with you, Lord, I need to start at base one and just ask you to give me the desire at all. And you know what he'll do? He'll grace you to give you the desire. And they say, well, Lord, I've got the desire, but I just can't seem to come through. He says, here comes grace. Now I'm going to give you the power to do it. So we know that with anything God is telling us to do, He's going to grace us to do it. Amen. So we come boldly to the throne of God. And we ought to be coming to his throne all the time and asking for grace and mercy all the time. We ought to be very, very consistent in going to him. Seek him all the time because he rewards those who diligently seek him. I have four dogs. You know, I have four dogs. And I have two labs two old labs. One of them's got one foot in the grave and the other in a butter butter dish. We just pray that he makes it every day. The other one's just an old gangly black lab who I love. Then we've got a little chihuahua who thinks he's a German shepherd. You know how they are? These little chihuahuas, they'll go up to a huge dog barking like they're hallucinating that they're bigger than they are, and I've watched this little Chihuahua sometimes and thought that's the way God expects believers to be. Yeah. But then I have a terrier, a little uh, rat terrier, and I found out they were first called rat terriers by um, Theodore Roosevelt when he was in the White House. He got a hold of a little dog like Ollie, my dog, and he um, uh, this little this little terrier was chasing down all the rats in the White House and killing them. So Roosevelt called him a rat terrier. And that's why he's called a rat terrier today. But now here's the deal about these four dogs. And this happened yesterday. And catch this now. When I grab a sandwich or whatever and go into the living room and I'm catching a little TV and eating it, I am Jesus Christ to these dogs they get around me, and they're all looking at me. A tornado could rip the roof off the top of the house. They'd never stop looking <laughs> at me because I'm eating. And if you ever noticed, they live to sleep and to eat and to eat and to sleep, and that's their purpose in life. And so they'll sit there, and i got to tell you, I'm a soft touch. I'm telling you the truth. I can't, I can't resist the look. I mean, one of them, the chihuahua, has leaned in so far at times when I've been eating, leaned in so far, so caught up in my chewing the food, he fell off the fireplace. I mean, it's just this increasing where he's just, where I feel like if I don't feed him, he's, he's going to die right here. Now I have those four dogs, and, and in the living room they'll stay, but I've noticed something when I get up, and I will say to them, it's gone, it is gone. The Chihuahua walks away. The two labs, they don't care. They're half asleep anyway. They just stay where they are. But when I get up and go somewhere in the house, the terrier follows everywhere I go. When I go into the kitchen, grab something off the shelf, he's looking. When I go to the refrigerator, there's my shadow. When I walk into another room, he's right by. He's almost omnipresent. I, it, it's really a little spooky sometimes. It's sort of like wee 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 wee, because I'll look, turn around, there he is. I didn't know he was there. Oh, now, watch this. I've noticed he believes there might be something more. This dog has faith. He had it in the living room. He's probably got it here. He's a giver. I know. I got his number so he follows me everywhere that I go now yesterday Kathy had made some meatloaf and so we had a little bit of meatloaf and we were in the living room and of course I gave them a little bit of the meatloaf and did my part and for God and my country and my dogs and (laughs) and then when it was all gone I said gone it's gone well the chihuahua walked off the other two just stayed there but when I got up here comes Ollie I just know he's got some more meatloaf I know he's hiding it. I know that if I stand here long enough, I'm going to get more. Now, there was one little piece left in the deal that she made, the meatloaf in, and I went to grab it, and here he was, looking at me with the sorriest, saddest, most longing look, as if to say, Master Jeff, here I am. I believe that you're good all the time. I grabbed this piece of meatloaf and I couldn't help it. I said, Ollie, you know what? I'm touched by your perseverance and I gave it to him. Now watch this. Are you an Ollie or are you a lab? When it comes to God, are you an Ollie? I just know he gave it yesterday, he's going to give it today. I just know he's got another blessing. If he had it in the living room, he's got it here. If it was in church, it's got to be out here too. I just know he's got And so, are you an Ollie or are you the lad? Well, church was great. Good word, Pastor Jeff. I got my food for the week. Excuse me while I go home and run out of gas all week long where you're going to have to fill the tank again next Sunday because I'm not seeking God except in the living room. Are you an ollie or are you a lab? Now here's what John's telling us. If you really understand what the blood did, you'll be an ollie all the time. Because he's always dispensing grace and always dispensing mercy. And the mercy of the Lord is new every morning. And he stores up blessings for the righteous. And if you ask, you'll receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it'll be open to you. You ought to always be going to him, follow him everywhere that he goes. Because if you do, he's a rewarder of the ollies in the church. everybody say, I'm an Ollie. I'm an Ollie. you got to be. You're here on Wednesday night when everybody else is home watching the Babel Box. So that tells me you're an Ollie. Amen. Amen. So he says confidence means free and fearless confidence. Now going down a little bit, confidence doesn't mean we approach God arrogantly or presumptuously or with a cocky attitude It means that based on what we know the blood has done in clearing the way for us to approach God, we confidently approach Him without fear. Now he says, this is the confidence that if we ask, everybody say with me, anything that happens to be in His will. That's a lot of things. So the word ask is in a verb tense signifying continuous action. It's also in what we call the middle voice. And that's important because the middle voice means the asker is requesting something for his own. When it's in the middle voice in Greek, it means you're asking something for your own interest. So the idea is if we keep on asking something for ourselves. And this really cuts to the chase, doesn't it, with people who believe they don't deserve anything from God? here's what John is saying. John knew what he was doing. He knew Koine Greek. He knew the common Greek. And here's what he's saying. Here, here's, here's what I'm teaching you, church. John. He says, if you ask, and he put, it, he put it in the present active continuously, and he put it in the middle voice, meaning for yourself. If you ask for yourself, that means God wants to bless you. He wants to answer prayers for you. Amen. So, if you need financial breakthrough, he wants to answer you. If you need whatever it is you need for your own life, there's not a thing in the world wrong with going boldly to the throne of grace. Just like Ollie, he didn't want that meatloaf for the labs. He, I knew if I gave that to him, he wasn't going to carry it off in the living room and sow it to them. That thing was gone before I could say, God bless you, Ollie. (laughs) He wanted it for who? Himself. And I was happy to give it to him. Now, if I, being a sinner, not perfect, flawed, can give my dog something good, homemade meatloaf, God won't give you something for yourself. Now he says, according to his will. That's the stipulation by which God answers all prayer. He is not going to give you something outside of his will because you would self-destruct. If, if, if he would give you things outside of his will, you would self-destruct. Let me ask you a million-dollar question. How many of you have prayed for something in your Christian life and later, looking back, you thank God he didn't do it? The model prayer for this principle is Matthew 26, 39, where Jesus Christ himself in the Garden of Gethsemane prayed this way. Can we read it together? Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. That's the model prayer. If Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was brought to the place where he in his flesh did not want to experience what the cross brought but he said not my will but thine be done your will be done then with us once we discover something is the will of God then we have confidence that he wants us to have it but if we don't know whether or not it's his will sometimes you got to seek God for a while and get into the word for a while to find out if something is his will And then God will do it now we know that it's his will to provide for us do we not we know that it's his will to save souls we know that it's his will that we be good witnesses for him we know that it's his will that we overcome sin in our lives so there's all kinds of things we can pray about we know are the will of God and when you know it's the will of God you know you have it and he's giving you the grace to obey him Now, the promise is not that He grants it, but that He hears us, which means to hearken to us. Here's what God will do. He answers in His own way, usually better than we could have imagined. Amen? Amen. See, our children will ask us for things sometimes, and we'll say, you know, I hear you. And I really do want to bless you and I want to answer you. But I know because I know more than you that if I just gave you what you're asking, you're going to get an inferior product. I hear your heart, but I'm going to answer you in ways that you couldn't have thought of in your young mind. God reserves the right to answer our prayers in any way that he wants to, in any way that he wants to. And I got to tell you by experience, I can tell you that... um, most of the time, he doesn't answer it exactly the way I thought he was going to. He usually comes around from a different direction, in a different form, in a different way, and almost always in a different timing. How many of you have felt that God is slow like molasses? Spilling down a tree, by the time you answer me, I'm going to be dead. (laughs) He answers in his own way, usually better than we could have imagined. We have what we would have prayed for had we been wiser. Shakespeare wrote, we ignorant of ourselves beg often our own harms which the wise powers deny us for our own good so find we profit by losing of our prayers that's just King James lingo for saying God's going to do it his way and when he does it's better than what you were praying for he hears your heart though that's what John is saying he hearkens to you he hearkens to you now let's read verse 16 17 together. Anybody be, uh, being blessed tonight? Yeah. Are you? All right. Let's read these next two verses together. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Now, this requires some real careful interpretation. I used to read that and go, oh, man, there's some sins where God will kill you. He'll kill you dead. And I used to see some people sin and say, they're probably sinning where God's going to kill them. Come on, tell the truth, y'all. Get the halo off your head. Have you ever thought that way? How many of you have prayed God would kill somebody? Don't answer that. No, no, no. I'm just... no come on how many of you have thought that this verse when you read these there are some sins you can get involved in where god will kill you it's a sin leading to death and i used to wonder what would that be and i used to preach only god knows the line and when you cross it he's going to take you home better put he's going to kill you I don't think that's what he meant. And so I had to learn. I probably said some things maybe a little wrong there. Here's what I think he's talking about. Galatians 6.1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, and we're dealing with the first part of the verse now, not the kill you part. We're getting to that. But notice the first part. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. What does it say we're to do when we see a brother or a sister erring? What are we supposed to do if we're spiritual? Say the seven-letter word with me, restore. You're not supposed to condemn them. You're not supposed to judge them harshly. You're not supposed to treat them like they have the bubonic plague. If you're spiritual, then you will have the desire to see them restored. We're not supposed to be like the Pharisees who wanted to kill the woman caught in sin. We're supposed to restore. Now, i got to tell you, when I look at the church out there, I don't see this in a lot of our churches. They do not restore. They kill, they condemn, they judge. They'll beat you to death. All the while, they've got 10 sins in their own life. I want you to notice, you say a lot about yourself and your spiritual maturity by how you respond to an erring brother or sister. You speak volumes about yourself. If you go out condemning them and judging them, and I'm not talking about not calling a sin a sin, I'm talking about calling a sin a sin but loving the sinner and seeking with all of your being to restore them we don't do that the american church I, I, i'll guarantee you i'm right about this i just know it in my knower that any given sunday there's thousands and thousands of people across america not in church because when they erred. They were treated by Pharisees, not restorers. Verse 18, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now let me just hold verse 18 for just a second. And let me just go back for a moment, be sure I've got this right, yes? Oh, I see what happened. I see what happened. There. I went ahead of myself a little bit. The verse we read having to do with the sin unto death. What is the sin unto death? What is it? It's not talking about some outstandingly horrific sin that brings physical death as its punishment from God. So say, praise God. That's not what it's talking about. John has in mind those antichrist types who went out from us, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. What had those people done who had been in the church but went out from them? And John said they went out from us because they were not of us. What had they done? John answers again, who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is antichrist who does what, everyone? Say it with me. Denies the Father and the Son. So the sin leading to death is the sin of denying the incarnation. God come in the flesh in the person of Christ to save us from our sins. If you deny that, That's the sin to death. You're going to perish forever if you deny that. Any other sin, the blood forgives. The blood washes it away. So people who say, oh my gosh, I'm terrified that I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit and that um, I've lost my salvation. Blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, I'm convinced in studying the Scriptures has to do with denying the incarnation because here comes the Holy Spirit convicting you that Jesus is the Christ and you say I don't accept it and you reject it and when you deny the incarnation you have offended for good the Holy Spirit and you're lost that's the sin leading to death guaranteed so say with me I didn't do it. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times as a a preacher and a pastor, I've had people come up and say, Pastor Jeff, I just know I committed the unpardonable sin. I blasphemed the Holy Ghost. I said, are you really concerned about this? And they said, yes, I'm terrified. Then you're not lost. Because if you were lost, you wouldn't be terrified of it. let me know you're out there church Amen. let me know you're out there so the unpardonable sin is when you blaspheme the Holy Ghost and how do you do that you deny the incarnation of Jesus Christ as the son of the living God God come to earth to die for your sins and rise from the dead then yeah that's a sin that's gonna kill you forever now if we see our brother sinning yet not with the grievous sin of denying the incarnation which would make one an unsaved person professing to be a Christian we may pray for our true brother who is in sin and God will answer by restoring him. Amen. So that's, I put that one up before I put this one and now this makes sense doesn't it? We're supposed to be restorers. Now let's go to verse 18 and we're almost done. Everybody say this is blessing me tonight. Alright we know that whoever is born of God does not sin but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him now that little phrase we know is the Greek word oida which means to have positive absolute knowledge we have absolute knowledge does not sin is present tense meaning does not keep on habitually sinning and this is a constant Echo in John's letter. Please understand, we're all gonna sin from time to time. How many of you had to repent this week for something? Just look at me funny. (laughs) All right, so you sinned. He's talking about people who habitually live in constant sin and do not have any desire or need or wish to repent. He said, if you can do that, you're probably not saved. Boy, I'll tell you, y'all are just quiet tonight. I know you are. So, keeps. We know that he who is born of God does not sin, but keeps himself. Now, keeps means to take care of, or to guard. This is what the child of God does. God puts in you something that says, if you sin, you want to repent and get it right. You keep yourself. You guard your heart. You guard your life. And if sin gets in, then you repent and you go back to guarding yourself. There is a, there is a guard on the inside of you. His name is the Holy Ghost and he guards you. so John is saying, if you can habitually sin and have no conviction and no need to repent, the guard is probably not in you. Acts 16, 23 says, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Do you picture that jailer keeping them securely in chains in the prison? The same word. That's how strong it is. He who is born of God keeps himself. Keeps himself as better rendered keeps him, meaning he who has, uh, has been born of God, Jesus Christ, is the one who keeps us by the Holy Ghost who lives within. Praise God, praise God, praise God. I am so glad. You know, I watch, I watch people. I watch life. I watch the news and I see how people operate and how they function. And it's interesting to me that if you're not saved, there is not this guard issue You just go sin you don't think about it. But you see people who are saved and sometimes even they can't explain it. But there is something within that just checks them when it comes to sin. It, It checks them when it comes to doing something that would grieve God. And if they grieve God, they repent. There is something there and it's the guard. It's the guard. The Holy Ghost of God. Touch, the evil one touches them not. Touch is to grasp, to lay hold of because of jesus strong keeping of us the evil one cannot lay hold of us praise god the evil one can't lay hold of us he wants to he'd kill every one of us tonight if he could but it, when he comes near us listen he's got to go through our guard hallelujah alright we're going towards the end here say with me we know that we are of god And the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The word lies means that the world passively exists in the sphere of Satan's influence. There is no resistance, no fight, no struggle to get out because they don't know they're snared verse twenty read it with me and we know that the son of god has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his son jesus christ this is the true god and eternal life now let's just take a couple of words and we're headed to the close the word come is in the tense meaning has come has arrived and is still there While Jesus departed in his glorified body to heaven, yet he is here in his presence in the church. Behold, Jesus is here right now. By the Holy Ghost he's teaching our hearts. He's guarding us from the evil one who cannot touch us though he wants to. He cannot kill us though he wants to. We have a guard. We have a teacher. We have the presence of the one who died for our sins and rose from the dead. He is here and always will be till we go to glory. Give him a hand of praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice how it says this is all right, calls him who is true i love this true is the word for genuine as opposed to the false and the counterfeit jesus is the authentic god and savior he's the authentic god and savior now verse 21 and we're done this is the end of first john we ought to get excited we did the whole book Notice how he switches gears and ends it this way. Let's read it together. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. All right, quickly, let's finish now. The word keep is the same word as the one used above, to guard, to watch over. The heart, your heart, is like a fort that must be guarded from enemy assailants. Idols, in this context, would be the false, counterfeit gods of the pagans, and there's a million of them. He says, little children, guard well yourselves from the counterfeit gods of the unbelievers. Guard yourself because you're His. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for First John. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. Can we stand together tonight? And I want to tell you, how proud I am of all of you who went through this whole book. You know why? Because a lot of churches, you're not going to get a whole book. And we're going to continue next week with Hey Jude. And it's going to bless you. We're going to talk about end time prophecy. We're going to talk about angels and the spirit world. We're going to talk about all kinds of powerful, hot button topics. And so don't miss next week. Let's thank the Lord. Father, we just thank you. That you've called us to be like Ollie, to come boldly and often, constantly and consistently to the throne of grace, to obtain the desire to do and the ability to do the will of God. And Lord, we just thank you that the Spirit of God has come to live within us, and that Spirit is a guard. And you are guarding us every day from being trapped by and snared by and destroyed by the enemy of our soul. Thank you for that precious truth, Lord. And we thank you that you are preserving us in this world of false idols and false gods. You are keeping us and preserving us to be solely dedicated to the one and only true God, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, we pray. Help us to be an influence, to snatch people out of darkness and out of the sin that does lead to death, denying Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Lord. We bless your name. Amen and amen. amen. Well, praise the Lord. God is good. God is. Good.